0: Girlfriends, episode number 320, Catholic Women in Business with Elise Gallagher. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. This week, my special guest is Elise Gallagher, who is talking about Catholic Women in Business, a fascinating and encouraging topic for us to share about. Let's get started. Hey girlfriend, thank you so much for being here. I love that we're able to connect right here on the podcast. If this is your first time listening to the girlfriends podcast, I want to say welcome. I hope you're gonna stick around and enjoy what we share here. Would love it if you became a longtime member of the girlfriends community. And for those of you who are already part of the girlfriends community, thank you so much for showing up once again. You know I love connecting right here. So this week my special guest is Elise Gallagher, but I'm pre-recording this. Uh, this episode a little bit ahead of time because We're going to be traveling to Ave Maria University down in Florida because my daughter, Juliette, is going to be graduating Mother's Day weekend. I am thrilled that um, she's finishing up school there. She's graduating with a politics degree and a minor in psychology. We're very proud of her. So some of you already know Juliette a little bit because she was on the podcast back a little ways just after Christmas in episode number 306, where she was talking about dating and discernment, kind of sharing a little bit about her life as a Catholic student and um, the dating scene at college. And she's now engaged to Gabriel, and we're going to be celebrating their wedding at the end of May. So a lot of milestones going on. So I thought I would mention that because this is a time of year where there, there are a lot of milestones. You Maybe you've got kids who are graduating high school or college. Maybe you've got kids who are getting married. Maybe you've got kids or friends or relatives who are receiving sacraments. And this time of year, you know, like, oh, end of school year, ceremonies and events and activities and awards. And it is exhausting. <laughs> So I just want to tell you, if you are struggling right now with all of the things that you have on your plate as a wife and as a mom, you're not alone in that. And I want to encourage you that with the the number of things that you might have going on, all of these things, yes, they take time and energy and you got to like, you know, maybe buy a gift or make a plan. Or if your child's graduating, you're planning a party or if you're planning a wedding, never mind about that. But with all these milestones, yes, it takes time and energy to do all the things for them. But I think sometimes what we women forget is that they cost us emotionally too. It can be very draining to be celebrating all of these events, which are wonderful. Like, thanks be to God, these wonderful things are going on. And we have these beautiful milestones in our family lives to celebrate together. But I want to tell you that it does cost you emotionally as well as time and energy. And, you know, maybe you're getting all the things done, but you're not paying enough attention to your emotional health, your emotional state through all of that. So I just want to encourage you to give yourself a little bit of grace right now give yourself some space, give yourself time to process the things that you're experiencing. Um, you know, even these very beautiful things, these these are big changes in family life. And um, give yourself the space to enjoy them, but also to process them and give yourself the space to, to fully experience them and all the good, the bad and the ugly of how you're feeling about all of them. So... You know, whatever level of things that are on your to-do list this time of year, it's a great time of year to remind yourself to give yourself a break. Maybe there are some things that you can take off of that list. Maybe there are some regular things that you do that maybe you're going to relax a little bit during these you know, six to eight weeks where it seems like absolutely every single celebration is planned. Just give yourself grace. I wanted to just encourage you in case someone needed that reminder today. All right, this week, my special guest is Elise Gallagher, who's the founder of Catholic Women in Business. Really loved having a conversation with her. And Elise was so gracious and patient because we needed to record this particular podcast. We had some audio issues and uh, we needed to record this one twice. So you're getting the professional version of the interview after we had a dress rehearsal. So I hope you appreciate that. That's just a little behind the scenes of what we sometimes deal with in podcast land here. I, I love that I get to work with Ascension Press uh, on making these particular podcasts because they're such pros and they're so helpful with all of the, the audio and all the work that goes in after the fact, after the recording. So first of all, shout out to Ascension for, for being such a great supporter and encourager in that way, um, in practical ways. But but also just, you know, spiritually and emotionally supporting their creators over dissension. Ascension. I'm so grateful for all the ways they do that. And for all the guests that we have here on Girlfriends, it, t- it takes time and energy to put these together and I'm so grateful for everyone pitching in. Part of the joy of creating a podcast for me has been that kind of mutual effort that I'm able to share with other people, whether it's somebody that's coming on the podcast or working with Ascension on it or, you know, going back and forth with um, feedback from listeners and responding to it and that kind of thing. I love the shared effort and connection with our faith as being the basis of that connection. It's really a beautiful gift to me. Anyway, that's just a little side note. I know you're going to enjoy getting to know Elise and all the great things that she's working on. So take a listen. My guest today here on Girlfriends is Elise Gallagher. Elise Gallagher is the founder and CEO of Ringlet, a marketing company that has produced national multi-level campaigns for startups around the country. Throughout its five years in business, Ringlet has hosted creatives and entrepreneurs through its education-focused events and its new branch, Ringlet Resources. Elise is also founder of Catholic Women in Business. She is married to her college sweetheart, and they live with their baby daughter in Maryland. Elise Gallagher, welcome to Girlfriends. I'm so happy that you're here.
1: Hi, Danielle. I'm thrilled to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah,
0: I'm excited to have this conversation. So Catholic women in business, maybe just before we get dive into that, which is an important and very relevant topic here on Girlfriends, um, tell us a little bit about you, your your faith background, you how you know how you got involved in the kind of work that you're doing. And then we'll we'll dive into Catholic women in business.
1: Absolutely. Well, my story really starts in college. So I went to the Catholic University of America, and I studied philosophy. So i like to say if I can become an entrepreneur, anyone can. (laughs) Because (laughs) I have a background. Yeah, right.
0: Because that's not (laughs) typically the degree before going into business.
1: Nope. I have a background in philosophy and theology. um, But I really loved uh, studying marriage and family and um, women's. Um, history in college. And so I kind of blended them together in this um, journey of entrepreneurship where we work with women business owners. But in college, I had a reversion. I met my husband. And after college, I really was lost. I didn't know where to go. I didn't know what my next step was. And I was able to reach out to other women entrepreneurs who were Catholic and working in the secular world. And that really opened my eyes to the possibilities of what the Lord was calling me to. Mm-hmm. So I went back to get a master's in communications from Johns Hopkins. And after that, I worked for the USECB and did some consulting within the Catholic world for a little bit. And in 2017, I decided to open Ringlet. My desire was to really provide a marketing agency that was affordable and it provided excellent marketing work for women entrepreneurs that I saw were opening incredible flower shops and making candles and bracelets and really wanted the word. They were providing amazing products and services, but they didn't quite know how to get the word out about their business. Mm-hmm. They weren't sure how to scale. And so I could, I could see that I could use my background and education and serving them. And we have grown from the business just being me. To now we have 12 employees. Wow. We are um, all virtual at the point at this moment. We are based in Newark, Philly, and the T.C. area.
0: Wow, very cool. I, I love that story. And I, I love that it's so focused on women. Obviously, you have a real heart for women and uh, a mind for, for business. But also, I like that you have that faith background that you bring to it, which I'm guessing is why you found yourself moving toward founding Catholic Women in Business. Tell us a little bit about what led you to do that and exactly what you're doing with Catholic Women in Business.
1: Sure. So, Catholic Women in Business is a nonprofit. And um, we provide Catholic women, business owners, entrepreneurs, and women working in the business field with educational and spiritual resources that they need to excel in their business vocation. And I started that with my co founder, Emma Moran, in 2018. Mm-hmm. And the reason that we did so was because we felt like we needed a home within the church. We weren't exactly connecting with our coworkers, or in my case, (laughs) employees who were not Catholic, um, or just didn't bring their faith background into the workforce. And yet, when we were in the pews at Sunday, we saw these beautiful families with moms who were staying at home. And we just weren't able to find that community within the church Of women who were working um, or owning businesses, so we wanted to create a space where women who were in business felt at home, they felt connected, and felt like they were being um, really fed in their vocation Mm -hmm. to business.
0: Yeah, I think there's a real need for that, and so that's that's why I was excited to find out that Catholic women in business exists. And you know, you mentioned you know there there are stay at home moms, and there are moms who are working, and especially now there are moms who are working in so many different ways that weren't even possible, you know, 20 years ago, even. And especially post pandemic, I think it's even more flexible than ever before, which is such a mom friendly thing. I've been glad to see those changes in many workplaces. Um, But maybe we could talk a little bit about that. Because so many women and and probably some listening are thinking, you know, I want to be devoted to my kids, I want to be focused on my kids at home, some of them have large families, some of them are homeschooling, balancing many different obligations. And yet, I hear from women all the time who are, looking to support their family in a little even a little bit you know even just to you know pay for braces mm-hmm. or whatever you know finding a way to kind of make their family budget work and um and that can be a difficult thing to navigate uh, do you have any words of advice for somebody who's finding themselves in that situation wondering like what 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 in what way might i be called to participate in the business world i'm a mom at home it seems like kind of like there's a conflict there
1: Yes. At Ringlet, we like to say that um, every woman um, can be a business owner. They don't necessarily need to own a multi-million dollar company with 500 employees, but that they can use their gifts and talents to cultivate Mm -hmm. a business. And what I have really loved to see in this growth Of women entrepreneurs, especially in the last two years, Uh, currently there are 247 million women working in the startup field or owning a business around the world, and that has just been an explosion. I think due to this desire with within Mm -hmm. women to cultivate their gifts and talents and offer that to other people. And what I like to tell women who are thinking about starting a business or discerning. Um, how, where to start, start small. That's really what I like to say is you have a business. As soon as you file an LLC and you're able to offer a service, I think women think that they need to have a website and all of their services listed out or their products perfected. And we like to say, just jump in, just see who needs uh, what you're offering and take it from there. You uh, business is all about relationships and just building those relationships as women. that's one of our strong suit suits. and uh, business is really founded on that uh, that building of community, which has been beautiful to see.
0: Yeah, I love that, and I love that it's so encouraging. Like you, you can start small, and you are so a business owner, even if you just, you know, you start that one little service that you're offering or a product that you're creating. Um, I, I find that as a writer, there, there's sort of like the when people are beginning with writing, they're like, when do I, when do I get to call myself a writer? Like, are you writing? Mm-hmm. Then you're a writer. You know, um, so yes. giving yourself permission to do that, I think, is a really important encouragement. Um, but when women, when we talk about women, especially Catholic women, in Business. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about. um, Okay, I'm just going to say it beauty counter.
1: (laughs) <laughs> because it's all
0: over social media. I actually had somebody uh, email me recently to ask if Beauty Counter was a Catholic company because it seems like so many Catholic women, especially some of the larger ones on social media, people with a little bit of influence, that is at least part of what they're doing online. But Beauty Counter, and there, there are other ones too, not to single out Beauty Counter, is an MLM. Can you talk a little bit about what that is and, and what your thoughts are about those those kinds of companies?
1: Yes, I'd like to start off by saying that I completely understand why these businesses are so attractive to women because they offer flexibility with that income that women are able to work during nap time and make it work for their families, right? Those businesses also provide infrastructure with that. They are able to handle their or hand over to their sales force, which you are your salesperson. Once you join an MLM, you're selling those products, mm-hmm. um, for the company. And yes, you may get commission. However, that's the, that's the function of that role, right? Within MLMs MLMs is you're operating in sales, which is fine. Sales is the bloodline of every company. But I really see power in owning your own business when you have say over the products and services that you're offering. What I don't like within MLMs, and maybe I'll lose some friends here, (laughs) is that you do not get to get a say in what products are coming out each, each season. You don't have a say in the quality of the products. You don't have a say in the mission of the company. And there is such power in being able to really dictate that as a woman, oh, as a woman and have that quality control. Um, and to own an LLC, you ha- you have uh, power over your own income. You have control over the course of the company And although we never know the future, what the future holds, you do have more say over the journey and path of a company when you are the
0: owner. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree with that. And it feels to me like for, for this commission, it's probably not worth what it's costing you with regard to, uh, well, I mean, somebody that's selling a lot that way, probably it is worthwhile, but um, I definitely see that. And I, I want people to know that there are other alternatives to doing yes. that because I, like you said, that's a very attractive option because it's easy to enter into it. It doesn't require a huge commitment on your part and it's totally flexible and you have that infrastructure. So I, I totally get the temptation toward that. But I like that you're encouraging women to own what they're doing, because mm-hmm. I think that's so important. What has been your experience as a Catholic woman in the world of business with the, the kind of unique contributions that women bring to the workplace? What are your thoughts about that?
1: Yes. So I was asked a lot when I started Ringlet, of why are you working with just women? Aren't you Mm -hmm. niching down too much? You're limiting yourself. And my answer every time is women just run businesses differently. And as Mm -hmm. a Catholic, we know that uh, as women, we possess our feminine genius, right? And that comes out through our receptivity, our maturity, our sensitivity, and our generosity. And the church says that our femininity, our femininity, our feminine genius encompasses our whole existence. We cannot leave our feminine genius back in the car when we walk (laughs) into the boardroom, right? We want to bring our whole selves to the table. And that's what we're really trying to do at Ringlet. I had a point at the beginning of the business where I had to decide whether this was going to be a Catholic company in name Or we were going to work in the secular world and really be that bridge between the church and the culture. And Mm -hmm. that's what I decided to do, is that people encounter Christ and the gospel through myself, through our employees, and the way that we treat our customers, the way that we are delivering excellent work to them. And that has been really incredible to see. The Lord's really blessed our work. We have been lucky enough to bring on investors um, in the last year who have also supported that mission of bringing Christ into the world with whomever we are working with through RingLib.
0: Oh I love that. And and I love that you're you're uniquely valuing the contribution of women because that's been my experience as well. You know the years where I was in in publishing which was much more of a man's kind of world that I was involved in there. Um that was my experience was I I continually felt this almost pressure to become more masculine in the Mm -hmm. way I was approaching my work. And there were certain parts of, you know, certain interactions where that was kind of expected. But I continually found that I had something unique to offer because I had that feminine perspective. And I think it's so Mm -hmm. important for women to hear that that is uniquely valuable, that you don't need to squash that to find success in the world of business, and that we have something unique that we bring to the table, but also as Catholics. So let's talk a little bit about Catholic women in business. So you founded Organization and what exactly is your mission there?
1: Absolutely. So, we offer blog posts three times a week. Our blog is managed by our amazing managing editor, Taryn, and she works with our 15 writers that we have on our team to provide content that encompasses topics from prayer life to how to negotiate your contract. Uh, right now, we are having a beautiful Lenten series on cultivating the garden of our hearts, and how that actually applies to the workplace. And our writers have done an incredible job doing that. We also have over 3000 members in our Facebook group. Um, wow. And that ha- that forum has provided a space for incredible conversations between women who are working part time working full time, discerning what they are going to do next in their career. We have women who are 20, we have women who are 60, all, all walks of life in that group which provides for a lot of wisdom that is Mm -hmm. shared. Yeah, I, I love that because that's
0: been my experience too, is that it's so valuable to connect with other people and kind of share your experiences, especially uniquely as Catholic women in the workplace. Um, one, one thing that I've kind of done informally is I've got an informal group of Catholic women speakers and we we meet like maybe four times a year on Zoom and just share some of the details of the things we've experienced. A lot of us are working with similar organizations and I find that's so valuable. And I remember one, one woman had a really bad experience and she was kind of sharing it with us. And one of the other women in the group said, do they think we don't talk to each other? (laughs) And and isn't that just the most valuable thing, kind of sharing your experiences and gaining wisdom from the experiences of other people in the group. So there's, there's the Facebook group, but is there also a way on the website that people are able to interact with Catholic Women in Business?
1: We are working right now on launching a couple of Bible studies on leadership, which is exciting. But right now, the Facebook forum is the main way that we're interacting as a community. Okay, so people um, can check
0: that out at uh, catholicwomeninbusiness.org. We will definitely have that link in the show notes for you. Um, So, Elise, one other thing that kind of comes up in the culture in, with when you talk about women in business or women as entrepreneurs is this idea of girl boss. Like, can mm-hmm. you talk a little bit about the cultural <laughs> phenomenon of girl boss? What exactly does that mean?
1: Oh my goodness, I could speak to you all day about this. <laughs> um, <laughs> one fact that I keep coming back to and, and contemplating in the last couple of weeks is that women gained the right to open up A credit card without their husband's signature in 1974. Whoa. Which is within my mom's. Yeah, yes. (laughs) I um, was two years old. Okay. That's (laughs) a lifetime. It is crazy. And I keep thinking, why? You know, why did it require a husband's signature? A single woman couldn't open a credit card. And that I know as someone who started a business, a credit card was really instrumental in helping me achieve the starting of my business. And I think what it, root the root cause or, uh, of that um, law that was in effect before 1974 mm-hmm. was this almost oh, fear of femininity I don't know what they've were afraid of that maybe we would as women just like rack up too much credit card. <laughs> but this also brings me to a thought process that Carrie grass writes out, uh, Carrie grass, the founder of um, theology of home yes. writes a lot about, which is this idea that we, that as women, we are so powerful that often uh, we just are not sure how to bring our full feminine genius into into play into the workplace and back to the, the concept of, of girl boss. This this concept kind of came up in 2016, and it was made popularized by Sophia Amoruso, and she was the founder of a clothing line curl, um, called Nasty Gal, and she wrote a book called Girl Boss, and it was the first time that she brought forth pink and fun into business, mm-hmm. and people were really taken by it because. She gave us permission to say, "Wow, we we can be fun and girly within business, and, and that's okay, and people can still take us seriously." Right. And I don't have to live my leave my femininity behind as I step into the boardroom. But at the same time, I think the goal put forth by Girl Boss was to be on Forbes. Right. That mm-hmm. was it, when I first started Ringlet. I thought, okay, this was. This is the goal. I'm going to create this multi-million dollar company. I'm going to get all the investors in the world and end up on Forbes. And this is the goal. And especially in having my first child last year, and now we're <laughs> expecting our second in a couple yes. of months, my priorities have shifted so much. And especially during the pandemic, our, our priorities at Ringlet as a company has shifted. And. In the last year, people have talked a lot about the fall of the girl boss because people have realized how limiting that view of entrepreneurship and business was. That it Mm -hmm. did not apply to women of color, women who are moms, women who um, come from different backgrounds. And now, what we're trying to move forward with Ringlet is this much more comprehensive view of entrepreneurship that mm-hmm. business owning really is a vehicle to financial freedom because we know that as women, we can cultivate a, a business that serves our community through financial success. That financial success as Catholics is a good thing. Fin- right. Finances are a tool to serving our families, serving the church, serving our community. And that's a good thing. (laughs) So, um, my, my anthem for the year has been down with the girl boss because I really (laughs) want to, um, tell women that they belong in the business field that Mm -hmm. just because maybe they want to save for a family vacation or be able to put their children even through private school, that those are amazing goals and those goals are, are worthy of being pursued. Right.
0: Yeah. I think we need that reminder. So as attractive as the idea of girl boss is, I think you're, you're <laughs> smart to see that it's, it's limiting in a way and every person's experience of how they're, you know, how they're going to manage their, their family lives. You know, you mentioned that you have a, a small child and you're expecting mm-hmm. again, congratulations. Thank you. Um, so what's been your experience of that? Because this is something that for sure has been a divisive of issues, you know, for, for as long as I've been online, this has been something women love to argue about, right? This kind of, (laughs) these mommy wars, which I think are so ridiculous because they're, you know, people don't really aren't don't really fit into neat little categories like Mm -hmm. that, you know, like the stay at home mom versus the woman with the briefcase heading out the door. Like it, in my experience, that doesn't it isn't like that. Everybody's kind Mm -hmm. of got their own mix, their own blend of things, and they're figuring out what works for their family. But this idea of balance and this idea of, you know, oh, we can have it all as women. What what is your mm-hmm. feeling or, or your thought about that, especially now that you're a mom of young children?
1: Yes, my mentor likes to tell me you can have it all, just not all at the same time. <laughs> so <like> <laughs> as a mom now, I have had to employ <laughs> discernment hour by hour, day by day. And my working life especially has gone from looking like being in an office, having cute clothes, meeting with clients, zipping around the city, having a really fun job to Mm -hmm. right now I'm in sweatpants and working (laughs) from home. And my daughter was just put down for a nap and she'll wake up in a little bit and I'll switch into mom mode and then switch back into business owner mode for other um, meetings this afternoon. Right. So it it looks very different than I did a couple of years ago. And Mm -hmm. I really had to come to terms with how I showed up as a business owner because of that. I no longer was able to come to meetings looking totally put together or Mm -hmm. having my brain (laughs) totally put together (laughs) because of sleep deprivation. And I've really started to embrace vulnerability in the last six months and have decided that vulnerability builds strong relationships and strong relationships build successful companies. And I've seen a big shift in my company and my team as I've shown up as more vulnerable and really putting down the facade of, yes, I have it all together. I can make it all work because some days I miss a meeting. Some days an email goes unanswered and I have had to embrace that as part of my vocation. And it's been beautiful. It's borne a lot of great fruit
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that that's, that's been many women's experience as well. But it's tough to get, give up those kinds it of <laughs> goals of perfection in the way that we're, we're showing up. But in, in my experience, it's been very much a process through the years of when I've always worked from home, right? But just trying to in the beginning, I used to try to have set boundaries, like these are my work mm-hmm. hours, these are my home hours. And, you know, and I've, I've, I've fought that long enough. That it was like, no, no, yes. everything
1: is sort of a it blend It all blends <laughs> together. Yes. There's no such thing as balance yes. as yes. long as, you know, prioritizing prayer. I think that's mm-hmm. just been the biggest lesson in the last year as we become parents. My husband and I have really prioritized prayer and it does not look like what it did before we had kids. Yes. Um, it is sometimes I'm reading the daily readings and just praying silently as my daughter watches Cocoa Melon at five in the morning. Um, <laughs> and I've just had to be okay with that. And the Lord meets us where we are, right? As long right. as we're still giving him that time, giving him our hearts and our intentions for the day. That's what matters.
0: Yeah. That's beautifully put. And and really it's it's important to for women, especially moms, young moms, you know, who are first adjusting to those years of motherhood and figuring out like what your spiritual life is gonna look like from here to Mm -hmm. to Allow yourself to be where you are, and yeah. just start with something small. So I like that you share that because it <laughs> totally counts. If it's during it Coca Melon or not, it totally counts, and it it's does. so vitally important just to prioritize mm-hmm. it in the first place. All right, we're almost out of time here, Elise, but I I wanted to ask you one last question before we go. What do you wish more Catholic women knew about business?
1: Mm. That they belong here. They belong within the business world. They have permission to be businesswomen, whatever that may look like, it does not have to fit a mold, does not have to look a certain way, but they are welcome to join the business world whenever they're ready.
0: Yes. And the Catholic Women in Business is there to support you along the way. Um, So again, that URL is catholicwomeninbusiness.org. Any other last minute resources or URLs that you want to share? What might you recommend to somebody who's looking to get started?
1: Absolutely. So you can find out more about Ringlet at ringletstudio.com. We also have our Instagram handle at ringlet studio on Instagram. We have a newsletter that you can sign up for. We are also launching a podcast in the next Woo-hoo. few months. So stay tuned for that. You can find out more information about our podcast on our website.
0: Excellent. All right. We will have all of those links for you in the show notes at ascensionpress.com. My guest today has been Elise Gallagher. Elise is founder of Catholic Women in Business. Thank you so much for being here with us today, Elise. It's been a real pleasure talking with you.
1: Thanks, Danielle. It was a joy.
0: Coming up, we've got more of the show for you. I'm Danielle Bean, and you're listening to The Girlfriends Podcast.
2: When you're a busy mom, it can seem like God comes in second place to everything else. As Catholics, we know that God should be at the center of our lives. We know we should be planning around him instead of trying to plan him around our schedules. But it's so hard when you're juggling all the logistics. Back for a third year to help mothers put God at the center is a Catholic Mother's Planner. A planner designed by Catholic Mothers for Catholic Mothers, to help you and your family live with God at the center of your schedule. To help you do this, the planner includes inspirational quotes from saints and scripture, novena start dates, saints' feast days, family recipes, activities to celebrate feast days, and so much more. The Catholic Mothers Planner has sold out within months every year, so be sure to order yours today. To reserve your copy of the 2022 Catholic Mothers Planner, go to ascensionpress.com/plan-around-god. That's ascensionpress.com/plan-around-god.
0: Welcome back. This is the point in the show where I like to share some listener feedback or a listener question with you. And this week I heard from Chelsea. Chelsea wrote in, Hi, Danielle. I'm an avid listener of your podcast. Thank you so much for all that you do. I heard the discussion at the end of your last podcast about the woman with questions about NFP. After an NFP oops and much frustration with the lack of information provided about NFP, I found a podcast that really helped. She explains all the methods of NFP. My reaction was, Wait, there are different methods? <laughs> then my husband and I started using Marquette, as you mentioned on your podcast. Ellen Holloway, who does the podcast, is an instructor of a method herself and provides a lot of resources. The podcast is called charting toward intimacy. I hope this helps her or you or maybe you already provided a similar thing to her. But I thought I would just send you an email about it. Thank you again. And God bless Chelsea. Thank you so much, Chelsea. I have not been familiar with this podcast. So I am really interested to check it out. And I will put the link in the show notes for anybody else who would like to check out charting toward intimacy with Ellen Holloway. I'll put that link in the show notes because, you know, especially if you're at a point in your life where you're struggling, with NFP, or you're you're beginning to learn a method, um, gathering information from people who have expertise in that, or people who have experience in that, is so enormously helpful. And podcasts can be a great way to do that. So you may not have somebody right in your community who can share these resources with you or has that level of expertise. So um, I'm thrilled to know that there's a podcast where she's looking at different versions, different methods of NFP. And and I like that you share your response to Chelsea, like, um, there's different methods. Are you kidding me? So anybody who is right now listening and saying, Danielle, what are you talking about? What is NFP? (laughs) NFP is natural family planning. And it encompasses that one term encompasses a lot of different ways of being aware of your fertility and using that knowledge to either space or prevent pregnancy or achieve pregnancy. So it's a fertility awareness methods, I guess is what I I would call them all together. So we Catholics tend to call it NFP because that's just an easy acronym for natural family planning. But it is a means of spacing your children or preventing pregnancy that um, Catholics have access to. So if you want to learn more about that, for sure, there's a ton of resources out there. I did a podcast about NFP where I am not an expert, but I was kind of sharing some of my own feelings and my own thoughts and kind of struggles with using it through the years, but the, the ways in which I've come to see it as a great blessing to my marriage and my family. Um, So I'll put a link to that episode of Girlfriends as well, in case you want to check that out. I'll put that in the show notes also over at ascensionpress.com. And then also that link, like I mentioned, to that podcast called Charting Toward Intimacy, which is going to have a lot more expertise um, and a lot more information about various methods of natural family planning for anyone who's interested in learning more about that. If you have a question for me or um, some more information to share on a topic we've taken up here on Girlfriends, like Chelsea did, you can email me, danielle at daniellebean.com or connect with me on social media, especially Instagram. I'm Danielle Bean on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So I would love to hear from you in those places as well. But that's all the time we have for today. But I want to thank you for being part of this episode of Girlfriends. You know, I love connecting with you here. And I love all the things that we get to share and the ways that we can encourage and support and pray for each other. Know that I'm going to be praying for you as a listener to the Girlfriends podcast in the coming week. Thank you so much for being part of today's show. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week.